What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, what's going on? We're recapping Wednesday night football and figuring out what we're going to do on this free Thursday night. Just a weird day, a weird uh, situation in fantasy football. We welcome you to the show. Fantasy football today, starter sit for the AFC home games. We're not going to do the Baltimore game today. Let's wait another day. Let's see if we can get some updated info on who's actually going to be playing for the Ravens. But the other AFC home games, they're fair game. Uh, Jamie Heath, good morning. You know, today, Jamie's in a great mood. And I, there's something that he loves. And there's something that I love that I, you know, that I wanted to talk about. Heath, figure out something that you love. Jamie, you love Wednesday night waivers. I do. I think it's a, it's a positive to know at least some semblance of information about some players you might be looking to pick up. I mean, we talked about this on Tuesday that now you had some idea of what Josh Jacobs status was. So you could have been a little bit more aggressive on trying to pick up Devonte Booker. And so if Josh Jacobs had practiced, you probably wouldn't have any or much interest in Devonte Booker. But now the fact that Josh Jacobs mispracticed, you have at least some knowledge. And the other side of that, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have um, a couple of leagues where I have a quarterback decision to make. And if this was Tuesday, I would have gone all in on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the fact that Tua practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday, I decided for some certain scenarios to pick up Mitchell Trubisky instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick because it was more of a backup quarterback situation than a starting quarterback situation. But if I picked up Fitzpatrick, I would have – If I in the leagues where I picked up Fitzpatrick, I'm picking him up, planning to start him this week. The leagues where I was deciding between Fitzpatrick and Trubisky was more, okay, now I can just pick up Trubisky and start him next week if he does another good game. Okay, so you apparently I'm, – I'm, I'm to understand you did a Twitter poll about this subject. Yes, and what were the results? Would you like me well, to let me find it? that for you, my friend? Okay. Uh, the results were. Um, oh, I got them. I voted. What'd you vote for? Oh, you put C results in there? Come on. Why are you giving it to peer pressure? Uh, I voted. Okay. What did you think of waivers running Wednesday night instead of Tuesday? I voted for Tuesday is better. 43% said Tuesday is better. 40.8% said Wednesday is better. Uh, 16% said conditioner is better. No, they said C results. Um, so very close, very close. Heath, what would you have voted for Tuesday or Wednesday? Um, I am voting right now and I see two of these polls. Um, that's weird. Oh, me too. I have voted and, uh, I voted Wednesday is better. I would like it if like, 
Wednesday is especially better when there's no Wednesday football. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wednesday is definitely better, period. Okay. Will you be changing your leagues to Wednesday? It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. It's not as good Wednesday for waivers. It's not as good for uh, you're talking about next year, not this year. Yeah, next year. I'm not gonna change in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's not as good for trades. Uh, you know, we're in a lot of leagues. I I think we probably don't make as many trades as we'd like to make. But if you need someone for week eight and you get your waiver claims in on Tuesday night and you don't get the guy you need, then you know you got to go make a trade. If that happens on Wednesday, you know that's it gives you one less day to make a trade. So there's that. There's yeah, that. But drawback. it also maybe encourages more trades on the other side of that because you're not necessarily looking. Oh my, I'm going to wait to see who I get on waivers. I'm going to try and get somebody on waivers on Tuesday. But if you're having an, an an additional day to have some more conversation before waivers, I think that also can increase some trades. Oh, fine. You're just now you're just grasping at straws so you can get this Wednesday waiver thing going. But actually, well, I mean, I, I'm the commissioner in ten leagues that I that I'm in, so I'm going to change those ten leagues. And I think you guys are in about five of those. So I don't. Bl- like I don't buy it. Those leagues. You can make that claim right now. Jamie said the same thing last year. Gonna, I forgot. I'm gonna have to hold him to it this year. All right, look, it's- I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send myself a note in every league. Hey, idiot! Change <laughs> waivers to Wednesday. You could really reduce your your waiver wire workload if you make like half of them Tuesday, half of them Wednesday. But all right, Jamie said on it. Yeah, but I, again, I the half the leagues I play in will still be on Tuesday. That's so true. it won't matter. Okay, so the thing I love. Oh man, what a what a month. I love the month of December. Christmas vacation was on last night, and I was just like, oh, it's holiday time. Ben Schrager, have you ever seen Christmas vacation? Not. Dude, what is with you? Go watch Christmas vacation. The be- it is the best holiday movie. Heath, what do you love? What are you happy about today? Um, Happy about? Yeah, anything? I, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of things I'm having. Th- thankful. It's Thursday. Um... I, I love week 13 drama. Oh, yeah. All of the leagues of I'm in, and I'm not involved in the drama in all of the leagues, but there seems to be a high level this year of of week 13 drama in terms of who's making the playoffs. There's a couple leagues, I think, at least one, Adam, where you and I, two, where you and I are, are right on the, the precipice of uh, the sixth seed. And uh, win and you're in, or win and need help and you're in, and it's it's super stressful. And it, it, I might hate it on Monday evening, but right now I love it. It's pretty exciting for week 13. Well, in our podcast league, 14 team league, there are four teams. No drama for me in that league. <laughs> four teams <laughs> that are seven and five, and six teams that are six and six. The ten of the 14 teams are seven and five or six and six. That Will is get a buy? amazing. Speaking of that league, Jamie, another question about next year, and I think I know what the answer is. Are you going to take all of the IR spots away for next year? Or with the trend over the last few years of these temporary IR guys increasing, are we just going to leave IR spots and allow people to... Uh, put players on IR in season. Assuming the world is back to normal and we don't have the issues that we've been dealing with this year with COVID, which hopefully is the case, obviously more important than football. Um, yes, I think there should be IR spots, uh, not five, but maybe two. Yeah. And you allow players who are, I think, well, first off, let's assume the NFL goes back to what it was without the three week IR period. And it's an eight week IR period. You should still be able to stash those guys without having to ruin your bench. So 
you know, player gets hurt week two, they put him on short-term IR. It's, it's well, six weeks, I think. Uh, they're out for six weeks. You should be able to get that player back if you want without having to ruin your bench. So, yes. And I, I referenced the podcast league because that's the only league I think that I'm in that regular IR players are not allowed in the IR. So yeah, once a week, commissioner that is. Adam has no, to send me an wrong. email saying, you've, you've got someone in your IR spot. And like, I'm three and eight. Who cares? But... Well, yeah, no, you're wrong, Heath. There is actually another league that you're in where the commissioner doesn't allow IR players to go on IR unless they're on COVID IR, and that would be the other league that I'm the commissioner in. But I regret that. That would be <laughs> both of the podcast leagues. No, I, I am all about IR spots. I wish I had done them my entire fantasy football career, basically, or uh, at least as long as the IR had existed. All right, guys, let's move on. We also, to add to the drama this week, we have two Monday night football games and a Tuesday night football game. So yes. it's going to be wild, and uh, we're looking forward to it. I got Or as Frank would say, Correct. It, correct, Frank Stample. <laughs> You'll hear Frank Stample tonight on Twitch, by the way, today on Twitch, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, possibly a sneaky ad for you. Flew under the radar a little bit. Justin Jackson is expected back this week. And, you know, maybe. Adam for what? What's that? What are you adding him for? He could be that second running back on the Chargers. They don't need a second guy. <laughs> you, they have a second guy. I mean, Justin ja- every year they have a second guy. Justin, uh, Josh Kelly scored last week. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Jackson can get. Eight to ten carries or something like that. Who knows? Um, he's twenty four percent rostered, so I don't know. Deeper league, maybe you want to take a look at him. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, nineteen fourteen. Let's go through this one quickly, guys. Not a lot you can take away from the Baltimore game, but you did have the big play from Marquise Brown, seventy yard touchdown catch. He he. I actually haven't checked his roster percentage. I saw him get added in a few of our leagues. It was seventy two percent last night. Then waivers ran, but encouraged or don't really care about this with Marquise Brown? I'm encouraged simply from the standpoint of their schedule is amazing. And so I'm hopeful that they can fix their passing game to some degree. Now there is at least one fantasy manager in every league looking for a wide receiver with the Will Fuller news. So as a Will Fuller fantasy manager in several leagues, that was one of the players where I saw him available. I put in a claim for him, didn't get him. Um, in, in most of them, but I think if you don't need to start anybody for week 13, you'd like to see something like this again and have him on your bench because he could have this, another type of a performance like this against Dallas. They need to get him going. That's, that's the key to this offense getting better is him getting going. Speaking of week 13 drama and stress in one of the leagues where I'm on the uh, cut line, I'm going to have to decide whether I'm buying back into Marquise Brown or T Y Hilton after, because I have to start one of them this week. And I, I don't really feel good about starting either. Well, the thing about Brown is there was no Sneed and no Andrews yesterday, both of them on the COVID IR list, and we don't know if they'll be back. And the game's on Tuesday, so we'll have hopefully more information by the time Heath has to make that decision on Sunday. And but, for Hilton, there's no Bradley Roby on the other side, so that's good. Yeah. but Oh, and he's, his history versus Houston, too. Yep. You've got uh, a lot of opportunity for targets. He had eight targets yesterday, Marquise Brown, and he's still 72% rostered. As far as the Steelers go, they are not a committee backfield. So don't think that they are. 16 carries for Snell and three for McFarland. Um, Heath, what did you think of the Pittsburgh offense, basically? Like Ben Roethlisberger, did you know that he is 28th in the NFL in yards per attempt? He throws the ball so much. It's like 42 or more pass attempts, yeah, in five of his last six games. But the yards are so low. He's averaging fewer yards per attempt than Alex Smith. 
Um, and Claypool's been around 60 yards, four straight games. Juju, thankfully, he scored. I don't know. What, hopefully, we get Connor back this week. That's obviously a situation we'll have to monitor. But your thoughts on the Steelers' offense? More like Big Breeze. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. that's what their offense is. And again, they're a team kind of like the Chargers that are running 70 plays a game, so they can run it 16 times and still throw it 50 times. It was an ugly, gross offensive performance against a Ravens team that I think deserves kudos for, for putting up as much of a fight as they did. Their defense played outstanding. The Steelers' offense was pretty awful. I'm, I'll be a little bit nervous about Pittsburgh on such short rest um, against a Washington team that's obviously a lot more rested and has a lot more to play for. Um, I mean, the Steelers are playing for a perfect season, and that's that's great. They're playing for the one seed, but Washington still thinks they're playing for a division. I guess they are. They are. So, um, <laughs> listen, the the Benny Snell touches were very encouraging. The Benny Snell efficiency, not as much, but you're starting him this week as long as Connor's out. And so a couple st- things with the Steelers' offense. First off, the drops were awful. Yeah, unbelievable with how many drops that they had in that game. Uh, really, everybody but Juju Claypool had bad drops. Deontay Johnson was just terrible in that game um ebron had a couple of drops mike tomlin if you go read the quotes but if you heard it i mean an unhappy camper for a guy who just won a game um and then Heath mentioned the the defense for the steelers they lose bud dupree uh that's not good he's out for the season with an acl i think also on the offensive side not having mike pouncey there showed up a little bit too with how they were running the ball um not that they've run the ball very well this season at all um but uh the one thing that mike tomlin actually praised was benny snow so if Snell is the starter there, I think you should be encouraged by that. But I expect the Steelers' offense to bounce back in a big way um, just based on how things unfolded for them because there are a lot of plays left on the table there for how that game could have gone. And I- I'm thankful in one league because in the guillotine league I'm in, I was up 10, Benny Snell versus Deontay Johnson. And that play in the fourth quarter where he's essentially going to run for a touchdown and the ball hits him in the hands and he drops it, um, uh, that would have probably lost me at least. All right, so if you want to hear instant reaction to games instead of having to wait till like 11.30 or 10.30 a.m., check out the Fantasy Football Today in 5 podcast. That comes out first thing in the morning. Um, FFT in 5, check it out. It's great. Uh, yeah, we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. You know, it's five, six minutes, piece of cake, and good fantasy info, very digestible, first thing in the morning. And also, uh, watch us on Twitch today, twitch.com slash FFtoday. We'll give you some starter sit advice, some any type of advice you want, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, myself, Frank Stample, Chris Towers, 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.com slash today. Let's talk about who we love, who we're avoiding this week. Jamie, your start of the week. Uh, David Montgomery. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a great matchup. Obviously, the Lions are number one in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs, first in touchdowns allowed to running backs. He looked great last week coming off of his concussion and bye, um, you know, with the 100-yard rushing, first one of the season. We know he's been... Their passing downs guy had five catches in the in the first game that Trubisky and um, Montgomery have played together, where Trubisky started without Tariq Cohen on the field. So it was good to see him lean on him in that regard. So I think it's just a great setup for David Montgomery to be a potential number one running back, but a guy you can certainly start as a number two option this week, just given the scenarios. Their schedule to close the season is fantastic. And so it's going to be fun to see how the uh, Bears, Vikings, and 49ers battle for that final playoff spot in the nfc um there are obviously some other teams in the mix depending on how things go but those three teams right now uh look like they're going to be contending for that final spot and uh if the bears take advantage of the schedule coming up 
it could be really good for them. But for this week against the Lions, David Montgomery is a good spot. My only concern is the last time I used a running back against a first-time interim head coach was Alexander <laughs> Madison against Raheem Morris, and that went extremely poorly. But uh, that's a defensive guy. This is an offensive guy, so I'm not so concerned. Okay. Would you start David Montgomery over Ezekiel Elliott? 100%. How about over the starting running back for the Raiders, whoever that might be? No. Okay. He. I, I would start him over Devontae Book. I'll, I'll start Jacobs over him. Okay. Heath, how do you feel about... Uh, oh, I mean, sorry, who do you love this week? Like I said, you don't have to ask me how I feel about <laughs> David Montgomery. I've been telling you for two months. Um, Jonathan Taylor. And it's kind of like the returning running backs are who I love. Jonathan yeah. Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Miles Gaskin, assuming that he's playing. Um, but Taylor specifically, fantastic matchup against Houston almost as bad as the Lions in terms of run defense. Last time we saw Jonathan Taylor play, they unleashed him. 26 touches, 114 yards. And I think he's going to be a top 12 running back this week. But you know he's the ultimate fool you because like he does have these games with a big workload and then they come back the next week, they give him like 13 carries. But he always gets the carries at the start of the game, and it's if he falters, oh, okay. then they work <laughs> the other guys in. You're not going to falter against the Texans. Okay. I want to see right. something real quick because I looked prior to last week before he was placed on the COVID list, and his numbers at home dramatically different than his numbers on the road. 13-something, 13-point-something PPR points at home versus nine on the road. I wonder if that's an indoor-outdoor thing. I don't know. Uh, who are we avoiding? Heath, who are we Detroit avoiding? Detroit was bad for him, so I guess maybe not. Um, I'll give a controversial one. Um, I I would like to avoid Chris Carson. I was scared by the way they distributed touches last week, and it was a lot of Carlos Hyde's work came in the second half, but he was out touching Chris Carson early in the game as well. And this Giants defense has only allowed one running back to over 60 yards since week five. They're easier to attack through the air. I think Russ will cook in this game. I think you'll need a touchdown to feel good about starting Carson. I don't think it'll be a great yardage game for him. Interesting. Um, I think, Jamie, you're probably more optimistic on Carson. Uh, I downgrade him a little bit, the fact that he was limited in practice yesterday. I was was hoping that he'd be full. Um, The other side of that, though, is that Carlos Hyde was limited in practice also with the toe injury, and we know what that guy's injury track record has been. So, if you're the Chris Carson fantasy manager, look, most people are going to start Chris Carson. I, I don't think we're going to, you know, tell a lot of people to sit him and they're going to listen. It's just one of those scenarios where, you know, unless you have great options, like if you pick up Devontae Booker and, and Jacobs is out, you could sit him. You have James Robinson. They're obviously scenarios, but I think for the most part, you're going to see Chris Carson started. And I get that. But I had him as a top 10 running back prior to Wednesday. Um, I moved him outside the top 15 because of this practice scenario, because I think that's at play is that he's not 100%. And I'm concerned as well. I'm not going to sit him, but I am concerned that he is uh, less than 100%. I, I would start Benny Snell over him. No, oh, interesting. And you're very anti-Benny Snell. So I'm anti-Benny Snell, Benny yeah. Snell. Yeah, okay. Uh, so how about Jamie, player to avoid? All over the place. Uh, player to avoid, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, you've seen now what the, the track record is. He's got one game with more than, uh, I think it's 11 PPR points since Dak Prescott has been out. And now he lost two offensive linemen again. He's going to be facing a Ravens defense that may be close to full strength, depending on what happens. But even if they're not, they're going to, I'm sure, key in on stopping Zeke. And look, Benny Snell had a strong game for who Benny Snell is. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott would take that game right now in a heartbeat, you know, based on what he's done since uh, 
since Dak has gone down. So um, he's not a, he's not a, it's, it's, it's same thing like Carson. Like most people aren't going to sit Ezekiel Elliott unless you have just great options, but um, he's outside my top 20 and uh, you know, low end starting running back this week. Okay. Got some news and notes to get to here and then we will do rankings disputes and we will get to the games. So Josh Jacobs did miss practice. They're still, you know, they seem optimistic that he's going to play and he didn't play at full strength last week. So it would be, I, I hope he's out personally because I, guys, I don't want a split. I'm worried that if he plays, he's going to play at less than a hundred percent and they're not going to really feature him. And, you know, Jamie, you just said that you'd start David Montgomery over Booker, but not over Jacobs. But do you think it's like a Geo Mixon situation where it might even just be better if Booker's just the guy? A hundred percent, totally with you. Um, and and just to you know tie it into the the league that Heath mentioned, our podcast league. Um, myself and and the guy I share the team with, Todd Rones, we have both Jacobs and Booker. And uh, in talking last night with with Todd about our lineup, he said exactly what you said, Adam. He would like it for Jacobs to not play because you hate to see him start get hit in the ankle, turn the wrong way. Gimpy comes off the field and he's, he's not right. And look, um, the Raiders defense looked awful last week against the Falcons. Their defense has been bad all season. Their offense looked bad last week against the Falcons, but they could blow out the jets. And if they do so with a couple of touchdowns through the air, maybe a defensive score, you may not see Jacobs in the second half very much. So it's it's very dicey at this point with Josh Jacobs. But if he gets some semblance of a full practice, and I think you got to buy into him being healthy. And so, you know, he would be the better of the two running backs, just knowing that he's been the guy. 21.1 touches per game on the season. He's third in terms of carries on the year. Yeah, and he's got 21 or more carries in five of their six wins. So when they win, he is a he gets a ton of work. The Jets, we'll talk about this game a little bit later, but the Jets have actually been okay against the run recently. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown to a running back in their last six games. All right, we'll come back to that game later in the show. Kenny Galladay missed practice. Tua Tungavailoa says his thumb is feeling good. We'll see if he plays. Trubisky starting this week. Adam Thielen is expected to play, and Irv Smith missed practice. So that's one good piece of news for, for Kyle Rudolph's fantasy value with Smith missing practice, but with Thielen coming back, that's not as good. Um, Daryl Bevel is optimistic about DeAndre Swift playing. Please, DeAndre Swift, please play. Also, apparently, the Bears or the Lions are picking up the pace at practice with Daryl Bevel now. They're going to hope maybe be a little more up-tempo. That would be good for fantasy. Jonathan Taylor is back. John U. Smith missed practice with a knee injury. Todd Gurley was limited, so he returned to practice. Uh, David Johnson is off IR. We don't know if he'll play today. He has three weeks to come back, or play this week, rather. He has three weeks to come back. He's not technically off IR. His window is open. So for those of you who have him in an IR spot, you can still stash him. Okay. Right, right. Unless you're not, unless you're That's in one better way to say. <laughs> um, let's see. Left tackle Anthony Costanzo mispractice for the Colts. DJ Chark and Chris Conley returned. They were limited. Philip Lindsay mispractice. There's some optimism that he will play, but you know Melvin Gordon's value goes goes up a lot when Lindsay is out. Dolphins running back, still don't know, but Savan Ahmed was limited in practice. And maybe we could see Gaskin this week. That game we're previewing. That's the last game we'll preview today. Mike Glennon is going to start for Jacksonville. Bud Dupree out for the year, as we mentioned. Nelson Aguilar mispractice. Jets have been terrible against wide receivers lately. We'd love to oh, see Aguilar play. Yeah, The Bills have been terrible against tight ends all year, but Matt Milano could play this week. And even when he had played earlier this year, he had really not been healthy. He had not play, been playing a full share of snaps. 
So a healthy Matt Milano is a huge key for Jordan Reed, or if I don't know how much faith you have in Reed, but just in general, the Bills I will covering say, linebackers for those IDP league, tight ends. If Milano's out there, pick him up. And if he's not out there, AJ Klein has been fantastic. And Deion Jones was just a he's not on the Bills, but just an IDP guy. That was my only claim that I made in the IDP league. I did not get it. He was like the number one priority. But Deion Jones is crushing it right now. In IDP, should I pick up Matt Milano? Should I go? Should I pull a Vanderesh on Jamie right now? I think I might. Although I think I might be wasting a little bit too much time, and I have to get back to the news and notes. I'm not picking him up. You can pick. All him. right, uh, J.C. Jackson for the Patriots. He was limited. Fletcher Cox missed practice. Akeem Hicks missed practice. Desmond Trufant, Detroit cornerback, he's on IR, and Daniel Jones missed practice. We don't have a lot of rankings disputes. So let's do a couple here that are interesting. Kareem Hunt. I would say the best call that Heath made this year, Kareem Hunt. Had him in so many leagues, and he's really paid off. Didn't Wasn't great last week, only had 10 touches. But Heath, you're supposed to be the guy who loves Kareem Hunt. You got him 22nd. Jamie has him 9th. And that's the same in both formats. I think Jamie might have Maith and PPR. But uh, Heath, not, not loving Kareem Hunt. Low-end starter. Yeah, low-end low starter. The, the touches each of the last two weeks do bother me a little bit. Um... And the fact that they haven't really been throwing to their running backs all that much. And he was the pass catching running back and probably still is. But last week they threw to Chubb more than they did to Hunt. And he has one catch in his past two games. So I'm still starting Kareem Hunt as a number two running back. I'm just not loving him. Okay, Jamie, you're starting him as a number one running back top 10. Yeah, I still think that, you know, this is the best rushing offense in football. I think it's going to be actually a high-scoring game between the Titans and the Browns based on how these two defenses have looked and how these offenses will perform. So, I mean, maybe I have him a few spots too too high, uh, so I could probably see myself downgrading him uh, one or two spots. But um, he's he's so involved in this offense and, you know, uh, how great they are. I, I, you're starting Cream Hunt. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Heath would tell you the same thing. Breaking news, I'm not going to pick up Matt Milano. A man named Nicholas Morrow on the Las Vegas Raiders has been terrific lately with uh, 20 tackles in his last three games. So I'll be keeping him. Uh, you weren't going to get him anyway because I'm ahead of you in the waiver order and he's on waivers. He's on wa- No, he's not on waivers. I, uh, just go ahead just go ahead and get him. We'll see. Did you I, already? I put, did. I put in a claim. In a and claim? He's, I'm sitting there waiting for him on waivers until. The- he's on waivers? That's what it says. All right. Go have fun. So you, you vanderushed me. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Naheem Hines, you have Heath, you have Naheem Hines like 14th in PPR. Um, I think that Naheem Hines and, and Jonathan Taylor can both be very good in a very good matchup, and so I'm still okay with starting Naheem Hines even with Jonathan Taylor back. And that's so interesting. Would you start him over Chris Carson in PPR? I would, and Jamie, you have Hines in PPR 26th. I think he's a good flex. You know, I, I'm, I don't think you're going to see both these guys have big games. Um, certainly could. The Texans, you know, just I had Hines as a start for start sit with the thought of Taylor missing the game. Uh, they've struggled with pass catching running backs. I think it's um, uh, seven running backs have had at least four catches against them this season. Two guys for the Lions did it last week. So, you know, if he scores, then he's probably going to be a top 15 guy. If he doesn't score, I don't see that happening unless there's just a lot of bad performances across the board for running backs. But in PPR, he's in that J.D. McKissick, James White, you know, kind of player that, you know, he's going to be involved in the passing game. And we've seen Phillip Rivers throw the ball out lately. That is true. 
All right. So that's really like not not the best week for rankings disputes. But hopefully that means we have some. Uh, Heath and I are simpatico. Conf- yeah, I hope so. We'll have uh, some some confident picks and give you some conviction behind them this week. We'll get to uh, we'll get to the games in a moment. Uh, I do want to tell you though, we don't have Thursday night football this week. So usually I'd tell you how to watch Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. But football fans, if you are an Amazon Prime member, did you know that you can watch NFL football live on Prime Video? And I've done it and it's awesome. That's right. It's the future of football. This week, instead of Thursday night, watch the Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens this Tuesday, December 8th. You can catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world. You can choose your favorite announcer, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks. You can get next-gen stats and watch in-game replays on demand, all within Prime Video's X-Ray. Again, that's the Cowboys at the Ravens. It's Tuesday. Kickoff is at 8.05 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video. Also available on Fox and NFL Network, NFL Network simulcast, subject to change. Presented by Bud Light Platinum. Hey Adam, I don't I don't usually toot our horn very often, but I wanted to congratulate Jamie on uh, earning a buy in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. I did. Um, Dave Richard also in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Uh, former former uh, podcast member Ben Gretch also in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. I know where um, this is going. Where Chris Towers also earned a buy, and he is in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Um, so congratulations! It was a good showing by the CBS Sports crew. Did you not make the playoffs? Oh, I I was uh, I think I finished fifty second overall. I got a buy as well. Congratulations! Oh wow! Thanks. How do I find out if I made the playoffs? Um, there is a playoff page, and uh-huh. you go and you search for your name. So I'll search for Azer. I'm sure I did make the playoffs, or you would have um, told me. Adam Azer, I think you did make the playoffs. Really? Um, I think you, you're you in Conference 11. It looks like you were the third lowest scoring team to make the playoffs. Hey, hey, um, right. You need to score a lot of points this week to get through the wild card week. But you are, uh, looks like you're in. Congratulations. I think I have DeAndre Swift, if I recall. So, yeah, all right. I, I, I've got a squad. I've got Mahomes. Okay, let's do it. Thank you. I made the playoffs. Cool. I made the rooster. I'm glad my investment went far. Start. What's that? Your my investment. donation to get you into the league. Oh, I don't remember that being a thing. All right, this, this start up leader. <laughs> you remember me donating $500 to get you in the league? No, I actually don't. That happened? It was on air. <laughs> Did you donate $500 to get me in the playoffs? My God. Thank you, Jamie. Ungrateful. Oh, I love I love that Adam has no recollection of that. I don't remember anything. I have a terrible memory. Okay, the startometer. So I'm going to do three games here. I like the way we've been doing it. Tell me who you have confidence in. You're confidently starting in these games. Washington at Pittsburgh. Jamie, who are you confidently starting? I'm confidently starting the entire Steelers' main offensive guys because I think Ben bounces back. I think Snell's a good number two running back. I think all three receivers are in play as they typically are, and Ebron's a starting tight end. And then I'm confidently starting Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Are you confident in Antonio Gibson? Because he hasn't been nearly as good in the games that they've lost. He hasn't had, I don't think, more than maybe one game with more than 13 carries in which they've lost. One game with more than 65 total yards in a loss. Um, 
So yeah, you're you're confident in him. I am. I'm confident in his role in the passing game after what I saw last week. That I think that's going to continue. So um, it's 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 very hard to get away from a player who's been as successful as he has. Montgomery or Gibson? Oh, right now I have Gibson, but I may change that. But they're still Montgomery. <laughs> Start of the week. Yeah, it's probably the better way to go. Heath, who are you confident in in the Denver Kansas City game? The Chiefs. <laughs> what, what about? I am, I am confident in the Chiefs. Well, are you confident in Clyde Edwards-Zeller? Um, I'm starting Clyde Edwards-Zeller. Um, I the confidently thing trips me up, but he's a top twenty running back for sure, top fifteen, I believe, in all formats. I'm starting Melvin Gordon. That's the only Bronco that I'm confident in. Um, that's both con- that's Judy contingent. and Patrick are in play as number three options. Uh-huh. Uh, Noah Fant is a borderline top twelve tight end. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame anybody for starting him. Um, Wait, no, hold on. The, the Melvin, <laughs> Melvin Gordon thing that's contingent on Lindsey missing the game. It it is, but like if Philip Lindsey plays, he's probably going to leave by halftime anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm probably like Melvin Gordon would be a borderline number two high end flex if Lindsey was playing. If Lindsay's out, then Melvin Gordon's a high-end number two for me. For for CEH, in their last six games, eight running backs have had 10 or more carries against the Broncos. Six of them averaged 4.9 yards per carry or more, and they've allowed eight, for life. Eight, yeah, eight rushing touchdowns to running backs in their last six games, including four I, against Vegas. They've been a terrible run defense. I just hope he gets 10 carries. Yeah, I, that's can't take it for granted. Uh, all right, so those are two of the three games. How about the last one? Cincinnati at Miami. Jamie, I'll go to you first. Who are you confidently starting in this game? No Bengals. Correct. Yeah, right. And uh, Miles Gaskin, if he plays. What if he and Ahmed both play? Miles Gaskin, if he plays. All right. Devontae Parker, mostly with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Still probably confidently with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, I'm confident in him, and I would be confident in Mike Gusecki as well. Heath, you mostly agree there? Yeah. Yeah, I would say Parker is kind of like Melvin Gordon. He's a high-end number two if it's Fitzpatrick, and he's a borderline number two if it's Tua. He's a borderline number, number two. Tua. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's go to the games then. Cleveland at Tennessee. Your stat of the game, contrasting styles here. A couple of games like this on the slate. Uh, Tennessee, they see the second most pass attempts in the NFL per game. And you know Cleveland. They don't throw the ball. So we shall see what happens here. You guys do not have Baker Mayfield in your top 15. So he is a sit. Um, And then, yeah, we talked about Kareem Hunt, but anything you want to, like, I guess we can do some Kareem Hunt comparison. Jarvis Landry or Kareem Hunt? How about that? Hunt. Hunt and non-Landry and PPR? Sure. I would start David Montgomery over Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie, I don't think you would, right? I might. Like I said, I, I probably have Hunt a, a few spots too high, so that's something that could certainly change. But again, you're starting Kareem Hunt. I don't know how many people are going to sit Kareem Hunt. Okay. Nick Chubb's obviously going to start. Five straight games with 19 or more carries and 108 or more yards. And he's a fourth-quarter monster. All right, let's talk about Jarvis Landry because you guys are much higher on him than Dave is. And I think Dave's argument is like, he just faced the Jaguars. They're awful. And he had a great game. Eight catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. 
that was not quite enough for Dave to let me just double check, make sure the Titans right. are also awful. At they are not the Jaguars passing. You guys have Landry top 20. Um, and he has him not even in his top 30. So, I, 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 it's not just that they face the Jaguars. It's the first game in good weather without Odell Beckham that we've seen them, you know, have some semblance of a pass game. And Baker was bad in that game. Baker missed some wide open throws. I mean, he was not efficient at all. And so you just look at the target share for Landry, first game without Beckham in good weather, facing another bad opponent. The bad opponent, the over-under, I think, is among the highest of the week, which is shocking given how these two teams want to play based on their style. But I think they're going to be, you know, I think they'll run. They'll have success running. But I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit too. I mean, I think you're going to see, um, you know, the, the Titans typically – their offense doesn't change very much, you know, because they'll still run when they're trailing. Obviously, unless they're trailing huge, but we really haven't seen that that often. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna score, and I think the Browns are gonna score. So I think Landry's in a good spot here. Okay, is he better than Corey Davis in this game? Yes. Yeah, Corey Davis or Kareem Hunt PPR. I'll take Kareem Hunt. Davis just doesn't get the 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 ton doesn't get a ton of targets. Yeah, we know his floor is likely 10 PPR fantasy points, 10 or 11, with obviously room for improvement after that. So, Heath, how about you, Corey Davis or Kareem Hunt PPR? I said Hunt. Oh, I'm sorry. Austin Hooper. So, Heath a little bit lower on Hooper. Dave and Jamie have him around 12th. Heath has him 17th, 19th, depending on the format. Anything to say here on uh, on Hooper? A tight end has had 50 or more yards or a touchdown in five of the last six games against Tennessee. That would be Fells. Ebron, Graham, Andrews, and Burton. They suck against tight ends. They've allowed a tight end to score in uh, three of their last four games. Yeah. So, Heath? Yeah, it's just, it's a it's a projections thing more than anything. He's got nine targets in the three games since he came back and a total of 57 yards in those three games. Um, and even against Jacksonville, he had two catches for 13 yards and scored a touchdown. I guess he, he might score a touchdown. I, I wouldn't dispute that. Um, but it also might be Harrison Brandt. So it, as of now, you all have Kyle Rudolph ahead of Austin Hooper. What would you do, Evan Ingram or Austin Hooper, knowing that Jones is unlikely to play? I'd still go Ingram. Ingram. Okay. I uh, Yeah, Ingram. We talked about Ryan Tannehill yesterday, and Heath seems to like him more than Dave, but everybody's got him top 12. Jamie, who would you start Ryan Tannehill over? I'd start him over Cam, over Taysom, over uh, Big Ben, over Stafford, Ryan, Carr. Okay, I like it. So, yeah, top 12 guy, ninth for Jamie, seventh for Heath. Derrick Henry, we're going to start. A.J. Brown, we're going to start. And Corey Davis is like a number two, number three wide receiver. So, yep. yeah, it's pretty easy stuff there. John Smith missed practice. Any interest in a Titans tight end, whether it's Smith, whether it's Ferkser, or Cleveland does allow the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. I think they've been getting a little... They, well, they had been getting better, but in their last three games, here are the tight ends who have caught touchdowns against Cleveland. Farrell Brown, Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers, and Tyler Eifert. They have really gone to, like, tight end by committee. Um, Jeff Swaim is catching passes. Anthony Ferkser has outproduced Jonu Smith multiple times. Um, I might feel better about Ferkser if Jonu was out, actually, but I don't want to start a Titans tight end. 
Yeah, John knew the game before had six targets in week 11. Um, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't have a catch last week or a target last week. That was weird. I know they just lost their backup left tackle, so I don't know how much that played into it. That maybe he was blocking a little more. I got to look more into that. Uh, the Browns are down Ronnie Harrison, so they're down another member of their secondary. And like you said, Adam, they've allowed four touchdowns to tight ends in the last three weeks. Right. So if John practices, he is definitely in play for me. Okay. And uh, said if he's out, Ferks is in play. Right. To, to be clear, I would like I was kind of poo pooing Johnu. I would start Johnu over Hooper. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he didn't get targets last week because he was hurt. No. Has a bad has a bad game. He's he played every snap from what I saw. Played seventy five percent of the snaps, I believe. Well, his usual snap count. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis is at Houston. Let's go to that game. We got a couple of stats of the game. Stat of the game number one. Okay, this is for Jonathan Taylor, hopefully. A running back has scored 15 or more PPR fantasy points against Houston in nine of 11 games. And for Naeem Hines, or maybe for Taylor, who knows? A running back has 28 or more receiving yards against Houston in seven straight games. That's a lot. They're so bad. I mean... Just go back to Thursday night. Just go back to Thanksgiving. That Lions-Texans game. Those two teams are so bad against running backs. It's unbelievable. CJ Proceis, Duke Johnson scoring. Adrian Peterson with two touchdowns. Karrion Johnson had a pretty good game if it didn't bumble. So this is a great game for a great setup for the Colts. Um, and then I'll get you stat of the game number two in a little bit. Also want to point out DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry might not play. They have the uh, most quarterback pressures on the Colts. So they are not... What's that? Big. Yep. They're not necessarily pass rushers. They're not edge rushers, but they pressure. And uh that that certainly matters. All right. So who are the who are the tough calls in this game? Like how do you feel about how do you feel about the passing game for the Colts? I'm gonna go back to Pittman without Roby there. Um, you know, the fact that he's got seven or more targets in three of his last four games. I think they're trying to get him involved. I think with the way Rivers is throwing the ball, you wanna, you know, you can buy into those targets. He wasn't good last week, but, you know, the two of the three previous games, he was good. So uh, he's not a must start by any stretch, but, you know, he's in that number three wide receiver range. And like he said, the track record for T.Y. Hilton against the Texans is pretty impressive, but he just has not been impressive. You know, it's good that he scored last week, so maybe he finishes the season strong, but uh, more of a number four receiver than a number three guy for me. And then Trey Burton is the best of the trio of tight ends, but again, not somebody you should have a lot of confidence in. Yeah, I, yeah. I like Pittman as a number three wide receiver. That's... That's probably about it. Heath, you're the highest on Rivers. You've got him 14th. Jamie has him 18th and Dave 19th. Discuss. It's, I mean, <laughs> I don't like, I'm not super excited about him, but it is a very good matchup against a very bad defense. And he has, over the last six weeks, been in that 280-ish yard range in four of his six games. He's got multiple touchdown passes in four of those games. So there's there's some hope as a high-end number two quarterback. Actually, I don't really understand why we're not why Jamie and Dave aren't higher on Philip Rivers. I mean, he scored 21 or more points in four of six games, 27 or more in three of six games, only one game in his last six with fewer than 18 points. That's a that's a decent floor, and that was against Baltimore. So, yeah, Jamie, how come you're not higher on Philip Rivers? I like Philip Rivers, um, and, and I, I probably will move him ahead of, like, where I have Cam, uh, you know, who's around 15. So Cam will drop a few spots, and Rivers will move up. Uh, the only concern I do have is that his toe is bothering him, and you can bludgeon the Texans with the ground game. So not only is Jonathan Taylor back, Ryan Kelly's also back. And so this could be a very conservative game plan for the Colts, who are coming off a loss. 
trying to still reestablish themselves as a playoff contender and hopefully for their sake, the best team in the AFC South. So I think with Taylor back, with Kelly back, with Rivers hurt, I don't think we're going to see 40 plus pass attempts like we have been seeing. Plus, you now have the other side where they're down Will Fuller. Will the offense be as successful for the Texans? Will you start Rivers? Oh, do you have? Will you have Rivers over Tua if he's back? I will have Rivers over Tua. So he might move up a couple spots. True, but because obviously you guys have Fitzpatrick over Philip Rivers, yes, right? And uh, it's it is worth noting that the Texans in their last two games they faced quarterbacks who threw forty to forty two passes and they weren't that good. Cam Newton had twenty points, Matthew Stafford had seventeen, but they are also they- down. Bradley Roby for the rest of the year. They haven't given up multiple passing touchdowns since week seven, but three of the last four quarterbacks, I believe have been over 295 passing. Wow. Games. Okay. So rivers could have like an 18 to 20 point game. I don't see him having a huge game, but I see him having a serviceable game. So if you're down Tom Brady and you couldn't pick up Fitzpatrick, if he starts or Trubisky, when I, th- I know he likes Trubisky better than rivers also um, rivers to me was the third guy. You know, he's the one that, you know, I think better than Baker, even though Baker's got a great matchup also. But at least, you know, in terms of volume, you could trust Rivers' volume more so than Baker's volume. Jonathan Taylor's top 12 for Jamie and Heath, about 18th for Dave. So he's a start. We already talked about in the rankings disputes, Naeem Hines. Jamie's got him as a flex, and Heath has him as a top 15 guy in PPR. And this is a good matchup for these running backs. Uh, Michael Pittman or Corey Davis? Davis. Davis. Michael Pittman or the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Steelers. Yeah, Snell. Okay. And Trey Burton is okay. He's outside the top 15. Deshaun Watson, he's top seven. Are there any players that you'd start over Watson that you normally wouldn't? I'm not there yet. No. Especially if, I mean, the only one I guess would be Herbert. Um, The, uh, if Buckner and Autry are out, I think Watson will still be very good. He won't be top three good like he's been. But this is the discovery game. You know, this is the one you want to see. How's he going to be? How's he going to perform? Who's going to step up? You know, will he run more? Will they throw to their running backs more? You know, th- those are all the things that are in play right now. And, you know, the hope would be is that this is Deshaun Watson proving that he didn't need DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller was great for him. And now he's got to prove once again that he doesn't need – Will Fuller, I think it'd still be great. Speaking of those running backs, how do you feel about Duke Johnson or maybe David Johnson this week? As the Colts have a pretty good run defense, but again, those two defensive tackles, they're they're key players here. Um, How would you feel about the Johnsons? Much more encouraged if those two guys don't play and much more encouraged about David than Duke if he does play. Yeah, Duke is a high-end flex and Johnson would be more of a number two running back. Okay. So, Naeem Hines or Duke Johnson, if David Johnson's out? Hines in PPR. Yeah. Duke in non-PPR. Sure. Cool. And then the Houston wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, must start, right? Yeah. You know what's weird? I've been watching this every week because I keep putting him in, in the start set column as a start wide receiver. And I've been pretty consistent with that almost every week since Bill O'Brien's firing. Uh, his start percentage has not been above 80%. Really? I don't know who people are starting over Brandon Cooks that you have this luxury. Kudos to you. Um, 
probably more so non PPR than PPR because you know when he doesn't score, you're getting seven eight points. Uh, but he's been pretty consistently twelve to thirteen PPR points every week, and this is the last time I will mention him in start set because I can't imagine it's going to be lower than eighty unless he has a miserable game. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that he's not started in more leagues. So kudos again to those people who that kind of fits with the DFS story though. He's been underpriced right, in DFS yeah. every yeah, every week. week, right? Okay, and any interest in Kiki QT? Twelve percent rostered. He should absolutely be added. Yeah, yeah, but he's not a top forty-eight wide receiver for me. He is for me, but it's because I think once you get past kind of like the 37, 38 range, it's kind of just a crapshoot. So I'll take my chances on him maybe getting those seven targets that are available now with Will Fuller gone. And so you don't have to start him. I certainly understand people not wanting to. Um, but again, his his uh, roster percentage should be somewhere near 50% by Sunday, you know, factoring in again, a lot of people that have stopped playing. But um, if if he does have a good game, you're going to regret it not picking him up. I um I, I think like you have to approach this without Will Fuller in one of three ways. Um more pass more targets for the running backs Duke and or David Johnson and so you boost one of those guys up into the top 20. Um more targets for Kiki QT and so you're considering him as a flex or more targets for the tight ends. And so then you're considering those guys as good streamers. You got to pick yeah. up Aikens too if you've been playing the tight end roulette game. Right, you guys have Aikens in your top fourteen. Heath has him in his top twelve. I think you have him seventh in PPR. And I will just point out: I mean, the Colts allow the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Only Robert Tunyon has caught a touchdown against the Colts. Mark Andrews twenty-two yards. Um, they haven't faced, I guess, the the toughest competition, but they've done well. The second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. They've kind of no i guess not i was thinking they'd kind of been trending the uh wrong direction against tight ends but john smith uh, had that rushing touchdown well the packers tight ends had nine for 75 against them the ravens tight ends had seven for 68 against them um and then there was the rushing touchdown but that's about it so not really okay but yeah i mean look akins dropped two touchdowns so last week so not a bad guy to pick up right now I am still in shock. If I feel a little off today, it's because I can't believe I made the playoffs in the Scott Fish Bowl. But thank you for making my day, Heath, and letting me know. New England at the Chargers. Stat of the game, number one. Uh, oh, I didn't give stat of the game number two in the other game. It was that the Texans have had two pass catchers with either 95 yards or a touchdown in every game but one this year. So think about that. So in all likelihood, based on the history, well, you don't know because... Fuller's out, but you would expect two guys to either find the end zone or have a big game in the receiving game. Okay, anyway, over to the Chargers and the Patriots. Justin Herbert has thrown 42 or more passes in five of his last six games. The Patriots have seen by far the fewest pass attempts in the NFL. 316 pass attempts in 11 games. Number two is Washington with 343 pass attempts. So you got that Cleveland-Tennessee game where you got that contrast in styles and this game, the, the Chargers throw, 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 and nobody throws on the Patriots. Um, but they are last in yards per attempt. Anyway, what's your level of confidence in Justin Herbert coming off a bad game last week? A billion. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there's another angle to that as well, like the con- contrasting styles. Patriots opponents 
have run 646 offensive plays this season. That's fewer than 60 per game. There's like one team in the whole NFL that's running fewer than 60 offensive plays per game. The Chargers ran like 83 offensive plays. They've run 799 offensive plays for the season. Mm. They're averaging the most play. So, and it makes sense when you think of the way that the Patriots operate offensively. It's run, 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 run. The clock keeps moving. They don't want the other team to have the ball. Right. So Herbert's pass attempts have been over 42 and five is last six. Their run pass rate is not actually run heavy. Or a pass heavy, I mean. They're not they're not a team that throws it a lot more than they pass it. They just run 75 plays a game so they can have high totals in both. If the Patriots against a very bad run defense, or at least a, a bad one, are able to control the clock, that could be there's a I think there's a little more risk for the Chargers in that regard. I don't think I don't think the Patriots are gonna stop Justin Herbert, but they might be able to keep the ball away enough to where the Chargers only run 60 plays. And then it might only be 25 to 30 pass attempts. Imagine the coaching difference in this game, how Anthony Lynn has butchered <laughs> this team <laughs> comparatively who's to Bill win? Belichick and what he's done historically for his team. Yeah, who, who's going to win this game? I would assume the Patriots, but, um, you know, there's, there's a talent difference here that I don't know if it will actually show up because of what Anthony Lynn does like that coaching decision at the end of last game for the chargers, not taking a field goal. Oh my gosh. Running the ball as many times as he did blaming it on miscommunication yet from your brain to your mouth, there was barely some miscommunication. Um, I don't understand what he's doing. And I like Anthony Lynn. I thought he was going to be a good head coach. He just hasn't worked out the season, but things just haven't worked out from the season, but you know, the chargers are getting healthy which we saw show up last week. Joey Wait, Bosa was a machine. Yeah, so let, well, let's talk about, let's just talk about the starts and the sits here because the other thing that I wanted to mention is that there's only been one team against the Patriots that have had multiple wide receivers score more than eight non-PPR or 12 PPR fantasy points, and that was Seattle. Houston came close in week 11, but I know, Jamie, you have some fears about Mike Williams to begin with with Austin Eckler back. Uh, it's start, in terms of the Chargers, you know, obviously everybody's going to start Eckler and Keenan Allen. You guys are very confident in Justin Herbert. Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. And I only ask about Hunter Henry because the Patriots have have faced some of the best tight ends in football, and they've done pretty damn well. Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, are you guys starting them? Mike no. Williams? No. No. He's in, in that number three slash four receiver range. Like, I would start Pittman over him, Corey Davis over him. Um, Kiki Cutie? Uh, no, I'd still start Williams over QT, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if Kuti is better. Uh, and then Henry, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you could start Kyle Rudolph over him. I, I, I get that. I'll, I'll support that. And obviously still Dallas, I still start Dallas Goddard over him. Um, even with Zach Ertz back, but he's not a sit by any stretch because of what he's been to this offense. So you mentioned J.C. Jackson's banged up. I think that would certainly help those pass catchers because he's been very good for the Patriots. So if Jackson's not there for New England secondary, I think you said he was banged up. If I'm mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was limited in practice. He got here um, last week. You know, so, uh, I mean, I would, I would guess just based on how they've been operating, you know, Gilmore probably is the one that Mike Williams sees. Yeah, so. it's not going to affect Hunter Henry. And look, the, the Patriots, they've seen Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, and Andrews. And yet they give up the fifth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. None of those guys scored. 
The only but, one who's run, run by those names again and think about what they are to their respective offenses. Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Andrews. Aside from Kelsey, they're it. They're, they're it. Right. You're yeah. right. You're saying they were able to focus on them. Right. Right. Okay. Let's go to the Patriots then. Cam Newton, starter sit. I would sit him. Prefer to sit him. Cam or Rivers? I think Jamie said you might move Rivers ahead. Yeah, I mean, four points is different, but six points, I think you got to go with Rivers. I currently have Cam higher, but I feel like I want to put Rivers ahead of him. What are we doing about the Patriots running backs? I would prefer to avoid them in non-PPR if you can, but Harris is, you know, a low-end starter. I just, it's just so hard to guess what's going to happen with them. Um, the Chargers run defense is not good. So Harris is is in play. I probably should say Harris probably is better than I'm it's miserable. For. I mean, Devin Singletary just carved them up eight. Yeah, 11 I, I should probably take back what I said. I, I need to move Harris up. So Harris probably a, be, a, a better play. And they've been bad against pass catching running backs. So James White could come into play here. The thing about there's there's not much that Bill Belichick usually tells you. He was praising Joey Bosa all over the place earlier this week. I think this is a Josh McDaniel screen game. Like this is this is let him rush up the field, up the field, up the field as much as he wants and screen them to death with James White. We haven't seen that very often with Cam, but I think this is one of those games where Josh McDaniels pulls out the Tom Brady screen game playbook and they use James White a lot. Just a gut feeling. So I think James White and PPR is 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 in the flux conversation. Forget about last week we scored a two touchdowns. Go back two games ago we had six catches. Yeah. Uh, would you guys start Damian Harris or James White in PPR and in, in non PPR? Harris for sure, non PPR. I'd still probably start him in, in PPR. Just yeah, I'd start Harris in both. Harris is a, is a solid number two for me in non PPR, more of a high end flex in full PPR. Yeah, I need to move Harris up. Okay. Debo Samuel or Damian Harris, PPR? Debo. Debo. Okay. How about uh, Jamison Crowder or Damian Harris? Harris. I want it to be Crowder, but I mean, you just can't trust it right now. Uh, if you're starting Crowder, you're starting it based on blind faith that Darnold goes back to him. It's just you, you can't you can't use anything of, of the last several weeks as as no. this will happen. Except just that this is what Jamison Crowder does. When everybody benches him, he has the big game. That's that's he yeah, hates but, your fantasy team. But there's now three guys that they're leaning on. You know, oh, no, year. I'm not making a case for him, Jamie. I'm just saying he's the most frustrating wide receiver in the world. I know. Uh, to finish it off, um, any interest in Demir Bird or Jacoby Myers? No. Flexes. I mean, with Chris Harris back, they now have two great cornerbacks on the field. So, yeah. No. Mike Williams or Jacoby Myers? Williams. Uh, Myers. I'm, I'm really down. That's, that's more where I have Myers than, or where I have Williams than Myers. I think I just, he's got, I think 10 targets in three games with Herbert and Eckler on the field. And he left one of them or, or with an injury. So I think yeah, it was like he played 40 snaps. Um, so he did game? leave a little bit early. Yeah. He played, I thought he played like half. The, oh, he played half the snaps. So well, they played, for, they the, for the Chargers, snaps. that is half yeah. the snaps. <laughs> yeah. He had one target in that game. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then the, the Chargers DST is uh, 11th for Jamie and Heath and not as high for Dave, but they are in play for Jamie and Heath. Las Vegas is at the Jets. Uh, stat of the game, the Jets have only allowed one rushing touchdown to a running back in their last six games. It was Rex Burkhead. Damian Harris is the only running back against the Jets in their last six, or in the last five, rather, with more than 56 rushing yards. I wish that their run defense was worse, 
they do they are getting a lot of committees so it's you know not like one feature guy so that's helping that number but uh, I wish their run defense were a little bit worse you know and I, let's face it the, the Raiders have not run the ball well this year so is this really a game where we're loving the starting running back for the Raiders if it's Josh Jacobs yes but I thought because I'm confused because how do if you Josh feel Jacobs about gets in full practice then the answer is if yes. it's a full practice okay Okay. Did, did you say the Raiders have not run the ball that well this season? I don't think they have. I mean, they've run the ball a lot, but like Jacobs hasn't really had that good of a year. He's been pretty disappointing. I don't. You don't agree? Yeah. Uh, I I don't. I don't really think I agree with that. Um, like he did. Get, he's been hurt a couple of times, but he's got nine hundred and fifty yards and nine touchdowns he through run, basically he, like nine and a half games. When Jamie said he's got one well, of the third most carries in the league. Yeah, two oh six. Yeah, they run the ball a lot. So you, so they're eight and a half point favorites. And like I said, he's he's had twenty one or more carries in five of their six wins. So that's that's the key. They they're a ground and pound team when they win, and that's very encouraging. If you think they're going to win, then they're probably going to have a lot of. That's carries. what scares me about Derek Carr. Uh, narrator, they're going to win. Yeah, I, they should win. <laughs> they should win, but they they were horrible last week at the Falcons. Well, and, I mean, Carr had three fumbles. I think Carr bounces back. You know, after everything that they said this <laughs> yeah, week. Raider. I like that. After everything that they said this week, Carr's going to have a bounce back game. And the Jets have allowed 96 or more yards to six wide receivers in their last five games. That would be Beasley, Tyreek Hill, Hardman, Jacoby Myers, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Parker. 96 or more yards. They're bad. So, yeah, Jamie's got Carr 11th. Heath, you have him 16th. And I get what you're saying because there was that three-game stretch where they won all three games and he threw 25 times or, or fewer in all three and he wasn't very good. So that's your concern? That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I do think that there's a chance that he throws fewer than 30 passes and that's the performance in those games is not... I mean, you can even go back to, to the week one game against the Panthers where he threw exactly 30 and he threw for 239 yards and one touchdown. Um. He's there have been they go very, very run heavy against in games where they have that type of lead. And what are your thoughts on the wide receivers then? I like who pull the the lever on the slot machine. Like maybe Aguilar catches a 60 yard touchdown. Maybe it's Renfro week to have 90 yards. Maybe Henry Ruggs makes another appearance. I don't have any level of confidence in the Raiders wide receivers. I'll, I'll take my chances with Aguilar, you know, 15 targets the last two games. And so I, I think he'll have some opportunities if he's healthy. Obviously that's, you know, something you got to keep an eye on here, but he's in that number three receiver range. Um, like I would start him over Corey Davis in non PPR, for example. Start Darren Waller. He has the best matchup. The Jets give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. Sit Sam Darnold. All righty, Frank Gore. How would you compare Frank Gore with Damian Harris and James White? It's, I was going to make an age joke. Um, <laughs> he's as old as the two of them combined. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, he's behind those guys for me in PPR. In non-PPR, you should start Gore over White. Yeah, for sure. It's Harris, Gore, White in non-PPR. I, I haven't... I need, He's a flex in PPR. Okay, let's see. Would would we start uh, Michael Pittman or Frank Gore? Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Gore, non-PPR, Pittman, and PPR. 
Yeah, he's going to get carries. He's he's going to get carries. He got 31 carries last two games. Yeah. Um, or the more than that. Who's your favorite Jets wide receiver? Perryman. Yeah, Perryman. Uh, 33 carries, yeah, Jamie. Last two games. 18 last week. Perryman's your favorite? Yeah, per- yeah. Perryman or Aguilar? Perryman for me. Uh, Aguilar for me. But that's close. Crowder or Aguilar, Heath? Cr- Crowder for me. Crowder or Frank Gore? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at that because Aguilar last two weeks has more targets. He does, but you've got that three-week stretch where they played bad offenses and he had three catches in the three games. Yeah, but um, I just wonder if Crowder is now the third guy as opposed to the first guy. It could be. Um, Crowder or Gore, is that what you said? That's what I said. I think you know what the answer is. I, you can look, answer that question. I, but Everybody why? listening at home, say it all together at once. Gore and non-PPR, Crowder and PPR. Okay, but it's not really that simple because Jamison Crowder has been horrible. He has three straight games with 31 or fewer yards. He's been horrible. Okay. He has recently. I mean, you can't dispute that. No, I'm not saying... I don't want to start Jamison Crowder or Frank Gore in PPR. Like, it's not like we're debating Gore had three which catches one of these guys is week. good. I mean... Gore, like with Gore being the only guy there, maybe he's going to get you two or three catches. He might not it's be. I mean, he scored 11 or more PPR points in back to back games. So I'll take Gore. Okay. Crowder. Oh, Crowder. You and, really hate Jameson Crowder. I hate the fact that I didn't sell Jameson Crowder. Did Duke I beat Miami it, at some point during Crowder's tenure? I don't, I don't think so. Um, that must be I'm what it is. He probably, probably had like a, like a touchdown catch against. No, I don't think so. I mean, if he played there for four years, there's a pretty good chance. No, not not in his four years. He didn't have a star quarterback like Daniel Jones in his <sighs> four years. Uh, no, I'm mad at myself for not selling. It's the most predictable thing in fantasy football, and I won't fall for it again. And the Raiders DST is uh, not that high. You guys like round 12th? They're not like fifth or anything? They're really bad. Yeah. Well, they're not a bad streamer. Let's, I mean, even if they're not top 12, they're 10th for Heath. They're not a bad streamer. We got a few games left. We're going to take a you quick break here. You know what? They're not, they're not good. That's the problem. So it's the, that's the thing you got to worry about. There's a lot of that in this game. There's <laughs> like good opportunities for players that aren't necessarily that good. And that's fantasy football for you. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got those three games that we talked about earlier today. We'll wrap those up, tell you who to start and sit. Terry McLaurin, is he a must-start even in... Eh, I don't know if it's a tough matchup. Yes, he's a must-start. Spoiler alert. And uh, we'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster... Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Washington is at Pittsburgh, Saturday of the game. Since Saquon Barkley had 60 receiving yards in week one, no running back has had more than 23 receiving yards against the Steelers. Uh, we can't. Can we start J.D. McKissick? We, we talk about Gibson separately, but McKissick. Breaking news. Uh-huh. The 2013 Duke Blue Blue Devils beat the Miami Hurricanes 48 to 30, like wow. a drum. <laughs> was Crowder in that game? Yes. Well, he played for Duke in 2013. Dun dun dun. There you go. That's why. Uh, that, of course, it's stuck in your psyche. 
He probably had a big game in that game. Heath can tell you, I'm sure. And you are forever holding it against him. Look, I made the playoffs in the Scott Fishbowl. That's really all I care about. Uh, yeah, so McKissick, start or sit? I'm going to go back to him in PPR because of the game script. I think last week when they played with the lead, plus who they were playing, uh, we've seen it now two games against Dallas. He's been uninvolved. So, again, I think Antonio Gibson's role in the passing game is coming on, and McKissick's going to lose as a result of that. But if they're down multiple touchdowns, which would not surprise me in this game, then I think McKissick gets back involved. So, non-PPR, no. PPR, flex. Okay. Keep in mind, Steelers give up the fewest receiving yards to running backs. And just lost another member of their defense. They did. Yeah. I have no idea what Bud Dupree's role in covering running backs is. Uh, Alex Smith is a sit. And Antonio Gibson is top 15 in both formats. It might be one of those situations where it's like, look, you got it. He's so good. He's a really good player. You got to start him. But obviously, it's tough. You know, is it one of those like you're biting your nails, you're kind of concerned, but just can't justify taking him out? That's how I feel about it, yeah. All right. That's Antonio Gibson. And Terry McLaurin must start. Heath is a little bit lower, has him 18th, but top 12 for Dave and Jamie. And I don't know if it's a tough matchup. You know, the Steelers are 18th against wide receivers. The, the one good thing for Washington is that short week for Pittsburgh. And Washington's going to have almost two weeks uh, um, between games. By That's the way, true. And, and let's also make it clear that the Ravens' third-string quarterback just connected with their number one wide receiver for a touchdown against Pittsburgh. Washington is on its third-string quarterback with their number one wide receiver. That always that math always adds up. <laughs> Terry McLaurin plays. has had 56% of the team's receiving yards in their last two games. That's wild. James Crowder only had 66 yards against Duke in that game. They were torn to shreds by Brandon Connett and Shaquille Powell. <laughs> okay, thanks. There mu- Crowder must have done something. Like There's something that he did while Adam was wearing the greatest Hurricane t-shirt of all time, watching that game and Good. going... Could it have been oh, something Kings he did go. with Washington, with the football team, you know, against Where, the Giants? Oh, that's true. He also was against yeah. your favorite NFL team. All right, too. Logan Thomas, guys. Starter sit, Logan Thomas. He's a Red Sox fan also. Probably. Uh, sit. Sit. Ben Roethlisberger's top 12? Just, yeah. Just going to keep throwing it? They, that they was, throw that was a, Are you asking that was a throw, Yeah, they throw no matter what. And then, like, how high would you have the starting quarter uh, uh, running back? There it is for the Steelers. I'd start Benny Snell over Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not that high, but... Um, I think you're also higher on Ezekiel Elliott than I am. Right. I, yeah, maybe I am that high. I've got him. <laughs> I don't understand. Am I not supposed to laugh when you say that twice? Like twice. Um, you've got what him. Do you what? No, I don't know what I mean. Uh, 18th and on 22nd in PPR. Thank you for Jamie's juvenile he- uh, humor as well. So if Connor plays, would you start Connor or Gibson? Oh Gibson. boy. Um, Here's the problem with that. We may not know until we get to... Oh, they're in the same game. Yeah, We'll know, we'll know before <laughs> Gibson's game starts. Right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, how many people have both those guys? In, uh, <laughs> just just for comparison's sake. Yeah, I'd probably still start Gibson. <sighs> Gibson, you said? Connor hasn't been good. That's a problem. And the Redskins, or the football team actually has, you know, we have a good front four. They're not bad against the run. Uh, why, how would you rank the wide receivers? Which, which football team? The, the Duke Blue Devils. 
<laughs> Pittsburgh wide receivers, rank them. Oh. Juju, Deontay, Claypool in PPR. Uh, Juju, Claypool, Deontay in non-PPR. Okay, great. Eric Ebron is top eight. Point per drop leagues, he's top five. And What's yeah, Deontay Johnson then? Uh, top ten. Did Eric Ebron beat Duke too? <laughs> Miami. Sorry. Yes, Eric Ebron, definitely, Eric Ebron definitely beat Miami. Uh, I will say Washington has only allowed one touchdown to a tight end in their last six games, and they've done really well against Ingram once, Dalton Schultz twice, TJ Hawkinson at 13 yards. This matchup has not been as good as it was at the beginning of the year, uh, but it's hard to sit Eric Ebron, and the Steelers' DST is still top two DST. Denver at Kansas City. Stat of the game that you might care about, I already gave it, but it was basically just how Denver's been horrible against the run lately. I won't repeat it. Stat of the game that you won't care about, maybe for DFS. The Broncos are really good against tight ends. They have held Jonu Smith, Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, and Darren Waller to less than 40 yards. Um, Mike Kosicki, Ebron, O.J. Howard, Gronkowski, less, fewer than 50 yards. Only one... Uh, no tight end has caught a touchdown against the Broncos since week one. So I don't know. I mean, do you do you fade Kelsey and DFS? Probably so, but I throw out that game the first time these two teams met because it was the snow game. The Broncos' uh, offense was a disaster. The, the Chiefs' special teams and defense showed up in that game. You know, you, you can't really judge that performance for Kelsey against the Broncos, but the track record of tight ends against them is obviously impressive. Um, DFS, probably based on price, you're going to get away from Kelsey anyway. Well, you... Like you're gonna play Mahomes. It's a it's a showdown game because it's Sunday night. So you're gonna oh, play sure. Mahomes. You just play Mahomes and Tyreek and don't play Kelsey. Why is this Sunday night? And yeah, they the Chiefs ran 51 plays the last time these two teams met. They had a pick six. They had a kick return for a touchdown. So the numbers were low for them. And uh, Melvin Gordon. If Philip Lindsay's out, would you start Melvin Gordon or Antonio Gibson? Melvin. Uh, Gibson still. Okay, Melvin Gordon or. Montgomery. Montgomery. Um, I'd go Melvin in non-PPR, I think. Who's the wide receiver you would take a chance on in this game for Denver? Actually, who's the wide receiver you take a chance on that's not named Tyreek Hill? Patrick. It'd be Judy for me, but Judy and Patrick are in the same range. Any interest in Sammy Watkins? No. What the heck, Flex? <laughs> Noah Fant, Jamie? Uh, Noah, thank you. <laughs> okay, and Heath has a 13th and non-12th in PPR. He still does get a lot of targets. Mahomes is number one. Clyde edwards Zelayer, or Melvin Gordon, if Lindsey's out? Uh, still edwards Um, I'd go Melvin and non, I think. Yeah, I mean, we like Clyde Edwards Zelayer doesn't really catch the ball a lot, does he? He's got two catches in his last two games. They're such a heavy favorite, though. I mean, he's going to get work. Well, but why would they be catch? Yeah, okay. I'm just saying PPR. Oh, boy. Please come through, Clyde. And, I mean, he does have two catches in his last two games. He had six catches in the two games before that. Okay, but I think he has five games with Le'Veon Bell, right? And he has how many catches? Like 10? That's been the most disappointing part of his season has been the passing game stuff. Like you thought based on 55 catches at LSU coming to the Chiefs, playing with Mahomes, playing with Andy Reid, no Damian Williams before Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you just thought that that was going to be 
something he like well before Damian Williams got hurt that's what I was hanging my hat on was his role in the passing game for this team it's just been non-existent it's very frustrating well and he was like we were getting that before Le'Veon Bell he had 24 catches in five games before Bell signed Mm. yeah I mean the thing is Bell hasn't even been catching the ball that much you know they've just had weird offensive games and Tyreek Hill is just getting an incredible target share and he's crushing the entire league by weird you mean awesome yeah, but like, just they have been awesome. But uh, like the game against the Jets, you thought they would maybe run the ball because they'd be killing. No, no Holmes threw for like four hundred yards. <laughs> so, I don't know. They've been a little hard can, to. Can predict. I? I don't know if Heath brought this up. Heath and I had a very uh, epic game this week, uh, week twelve in our dynasty league. Um, <laughs> oh no wonder Heath, Heath didn't bring it up. Huh? No wonder Heath didn't bring it up. He just said Ugh, about it. Well, I I got lucky to beat him. Um, he had. Just, just think about this, what I was facing. Derrick Henry and Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Good so he you. got a combined 72 points from those two guys. The problem with him having Mahomes is I had Tyreek Hill. Ah, there you go. So everything that Mahomes did was not just negated. <laughs> Do you think crowned. you can find out in CBS leagues how many fantasy managers with Tyreek Hill won or lost like his win percentage last week is that something that you could it was yes i mean it's got to be at least like 95 percent. i would think uh i'm i'm sure i'm sure but uh like to survive that he 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 nearly outscored the two of those guys by himself (laughs) amazing all right, Kansas City DST stardom, Travis Kelsey stardom. Cincinnati at Miami, stat of the game. Eight running backs have had 16 or more carries and 75 or more rushing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals. So in terms of the Bengals, we're really not starting anybody. Geo is a number three running back. He's been terrible lately. Uh, and then Boyd and Higgins, if you had to choose one, who would you pick, Boyd or, or T. Higgins? Boyd. Boyd, but it's close. Boyd, where prohibited. The Dolphins are pretty good, it seems, against slot-wide receivers. They've done a pretty good job. Uh, good against most wide receivers since they got healthy. Yeah. And then Fitzpatrick, we'd like a lot. Top 10 if he plays, Tua not as much. If Ahmed and Gaskin are both healthy, your prediction would for them would be what? Pain. <laughs> yes. Very good. Now for football talk, your prediction would be what? I'm still starting Gaskin. I'm going to go back to what he was prior to Ahmed, you know, coming off the practice squad. I just think he's their guy. DeAndre Washington's hurt too. But you you'd know, start so if, you'd start Gaskin as, as what? Like Zeke or Gaskin? I start Gaskin. Uh, Gaskin. Start Parker, start Kasicki. The Bengals are bad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah. And the Dolphins DST is top two. Kasicki is is um, top twelve as of now because he has Fitzpatrick. If if Tua plays, then what? Top fifteen. Okay, Jamie, advice for you: never more than four hours of sleep. This is perfect. You were just an absolute delight today. Uh, l- light, light sleep and a little wackiness to go along with it. And we well, I, I guess let me let me ask you this: Does the nap count? Yeah, the nap counts. The nap counts as sleep? Yeah, of course. Because you napped at like 1130. It wasn't you like, are sleeping while you're napping. Yeah, it wasn't like but an afternoon. But it counts towards like your night sleep. Well, you started your nap at what time? 1130? I, I started the nap at 1043 and yeah. I set my alarm for 11. 
I do that all the time and it never works. I like the da- I do that and I'm like, it's two o'clock in the morning when I wake up. I'm like, oh crap. Uh, yes. I tried, I tried to do counts. it for 20 minutes, but I wanted to make sure I got all my waiver moves in. So that was the only down, downside for Wednesday. It counts. It's just a late nap. It counts. All right. So there, there, there was three hours and 15 minutes. 17. It's a perfect time for you and very healthy as well. Okay. We support this lifestyle. Thanks for listening, everybody. Long show today. Thanks for hanging around. NFC home games tomorrow. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.